I'm head of strategy for BA Systems. I work for Dyson and I am senior sustainability engineer. I'm a materials engineer working for the supercar brand McLaren Automotive. I'm principal technologist and founder of Kia Technology Solutions. Engineering is the best. It is so exciting and there are so many different ways you can go. I worked my way up through the ranks. So I got 40 plus years of experience doing that. Still, every day I just think it's mental. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean you can't be it. If you heard those engineers and thought, I could do that, then you're in the right place. Welcome to I Could Do That, a podcast by Silver Fox and the IET. I'm Alec Feldman, and each week I'll be joined by a different engineer who's achieved excellence in their field of choice and find out their story. Today, we are joined by a very exciting guest. It's an international guest. They're a podcaster, a storyteller, an influencer, a public speaker, a mentor, the host of the Let's Talk Cabling podcast. Welcome to I Could Do That, Chuck Bowser the third. RCDD, Bixie Technician. Don't forget those. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, God, it's already <laughs> got to a bad start. <laughs> <laughs> Alec, it's a pleasure to be on your show, my friend. So you're in Florida? I am in Florida, sunny Florida. Yeah, I have a three-acre farm. And I rent a two-bed flat in sunny Manchester, but we can't have it all. <laughs> right, down to business. Welcome to the podcast. First question before we get into the heavy stuff. What do you actually do? So I work in what's called the ICT industry, which stands for Information Communication Technologies. We are the people who put in the cable for your telephone, your data networks, your building automation, your wireless networks, your antennas, all that stuff. And so I am a what's what they call a designer, so I actually design them. But my I've been in the industry for forty plus years. I started off like everybody else, the the greenhorn apprentice who didn't know anything, and I worked my way up through the ranks. So I got forty plus years of experience doing that. Right, okay. Because I was born in ninety nine, and growing up in the early noughties, computers were just about becoming a thing. So what did the ICT industry look like forty years ago? So forty years ago, when I first got in the industry. Um, there was, it was actually two different industry industries back then. You had the, the telephony industry, which did the voice cabling and voice systems. And then you had the computer systems. The computer systems were the old stuff, like the old, uh, IBM systems, the old, uh, NBI systems that ran off proprietary type of cable plant, typically coax or some kind of weird cable. And then about, about the, just before you were born, those two industries kind of melded together and we became one industry because now networking, if, if, you, if you ever heard the word Ethernet, you can do voice and data over Ethernet cabling. So we kind of merged. So they come up with a new name for it. So now we call it information communication technology. So a long time ago, you had contractors who only did voice or contractors only did data cabling. Now you find contractors who do both and even more building automation, access control, fire alarm systems. It's not unusual to find a contractor who does a little bit of everything. 40 years. And I'm guessing because you've got a podcast called Let's Talk Cabling, you're not bored of it yet. Oh, heck no. I am so energized. It's not even funny. (laughs) It's amazing. I'm already loving your passion. Okay, so with all that experience, you're very well placed to answer this. What would you change about the cabling industry? What gets on your nerves? Like any good thing, there's always more than one answer, right? I can't just narrow it down to one. Like, for example, if you sit on a stool, there's three legs on that stool. Because if you sat on a stool with one leg, you would probably would fall down and hurt yourself, right? So for me, I would say the change about our industry, number one, we need to change and focus on education our industry. And what do I mean by that? So again, I grew up in an industry that 
number one, male dominated. Number two, we always, uh, we were taught to keep our information close to our chest. Don't teach that new person because if you teach them, then they're going to take your job, right? So we, we were, we're, we're keeping it close to our chest. And now, and, and I'm considered a boomer. I'm kind of older guy now, right? But I really think that we need to focus on, because there's this thing called the gray tsunami, meaning people are aging out of the industry and there's not enough people coming in to replace the people that are going out. If you got Mike Rowe, he's a big media celebrity here in the U.S. talks about you know you know technical jobs for like you know put you you do with your hands, and he talks about that quite often. He says for every five people that retire in the trades, only one person's there to replace it. So we have to we have to focus more on education. And here's the challenge: we can't educate today's eighteen to forty year olds the way that we learned because it, everybody's involved. And, you know, it's created this whole kind of, you know, oh, well, they don't want to learn. I, I, since I started doing the podcast and start, since I started mentoring, I'm telling you, that age group wants to learn. They want to learn, but they want to do it the way that they know how to learn, which is not the same way. You know what? The days of the old chalkboard and the chalk and the eraser getting thrown at you when you're falling asleep in class, those are gone. Those are gone. We, have, we need to really focus on, on education. We really do. And then the second thing that I really think that we really need to focus in on our career, and it kind of ties in with the first one, we need to be better at diversity and inclusion. Again, it's, it's an old industry. The, the, the reason I started the podcast, I was at a committee meeting, and this guy got up and he's addressing the group, and he said, look around the room. And I'm like, okay, what's, what's that all about? And he goes, we're a bunch of old people, old white people getting ready to retire. I'm like, my God, he's right. We need to get people in here. And, and, and one of the things I found is when you start including people who aren't like you, oh my God, it, makes you, it helps you learn even more and better and faster. And this industry is going to benefit from people who have different points of views. You know, it just, it, it, it's going to make this industry a lot, lot better. So I really wish we would focus on those two main concepts in, in our industry. You know what? It surprises me that there's a skills shortage. Because young people today, they're much more digitally savvy than they have been in the past. Oh, a- absolutely. But here's the thing. A lot of people want to be content creators. Yeah. I want to have a podcast. I want to have a vlog. I want to be the person who, who travels the world. They don't realize how much time and energy goes into content creation. On my TikTok feed, I do these snippets once a day. Learning. Hey, you're in it too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've got, uh, I don't have many followers. I'm only about 4,600, but in the last 30 days I had like 58,000 views on that page uh, on my TikTok feed. So I, I do these short little snippets, learning snippets, those one minute snippets, by the time you factor in thinking it up, scripting it, recording it, editing it, putting in the, uh, the captions, putting out across the thing, that's that's an hour job just for that one minute video. A lot of people don't realize all the work that goes behind it. So, hey, if you want to be a content creator and you have the skills, knowledge, and the personality <laughs> for it, by, by all means, do it. But there is also in the trades, because that's technically what I'm considering is in the trades, there is a huge satisfaction from laying your hands on something and building it. I, I took my grandkids on vacation to D.C., five, six, seven years ago. I spent the majority of my career in the DC market. And we're driving through downtown DC because, Poppy, we want to go see the monument. You know, we want to see the White House, Poppy. 
So I'm driving down all these streets that Poppy wired up that building. Poppy wired up that building. Poppy wired up that building. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a sense of accomplishment when you actually build something with your hands. Yeah, I completely get it. So I think you're back 40 plus years ago when you first started. What do you wish you knew back then? Oh my gosh. Oh yes. I was so stupid when I was 18 years old. (laughs) (laughs) First thing I want to say is treat it as a career, not a job. And those are two different things. We use those terms interchangeably, but they're totally different in how you look at them. As a job, you're there for your eight hours, nine hours, 10 hours, whatever you're working, just to collect your paycheck, to, to go drink your, your uh, Guinness at the end of the day and watch your soccer game, which you call it football, though. Because, you know, and then you just dread Monday coming back around. And I'm guilty of that for the first 20 years of my life. Guilty of it. Until I had somebody mentor me, took me under the wings and said, Chuck, you really need to treat this as a career. And he told me, he showed me how to look at his career. And when he did, boom, my career just opened up, just absolutely opened up. So the, so the first thing I would say is at the beginning of my career, if I had the ability to go back in a time machine, learn the importance of continuous learning. I already mentioned earlier, our industry moves at the speed of light. And that is not a pun. I mean, the average lifespan of a structured cable plant is seven to 10 years. Now, that doesn't mean the cable goes bad. It means there's some new computer and some new processor, some new app that needs faster, better cabling. So we're always coming up with, you know, Cat 5E, Cat 6, Cat 6A, Cat 7, Cat 7A for the for UK people, Cat 8. There's always new stuff coming out. So you've got to be a constant learner. You have to be a constant learner. And, and not only in the technical side, you have to be a constant learner in the people skills as well. And then the second thing I really wish I'd have known, you're probably not going to believe me when I say this. Most people, they don't believe me. I'm an introvert. Get out. I'm an introvert. You get me outside of the podcast studio. I'm, and if I go to an event, I'm the guy sitting in the back with my, my, my back to the wall watching everybody because I don't want to talk to nobody because I'm an introvert. I am forcing myself to be an extrovert, right? What I really wish I'd learned is how to network and build relationships, how to just how to approach people, how to have a conversation because I struggle with that. I mean, how, how am I going to go talk? To, I, don't, I don't know how to talk to that person. I don't know have anything in common with them. But yet now I've learned how to read people. And when I say read people, I don't mean like like a book. I mean, like, let's say, for example, I walk up to somebody, I'm at a trade show. And let's say that I happen to notice they're wearing Vans tennis shoes. My son designs shoes for Vans. If I see you wearing Vans shoes, I know, A, you either like the skateboard. B, you might have a kid who likes the skateboards. Or C, you really like fashion. There's there's an in. I can start talking about that. If I see you wearing a, a wallet with a, with a chain, right? I'm a biker. If I see you wearing a wallet with a chain, hey, what do you ride? Yeah. And then start talking about motorcycles. Once you break down that wall, that opens up the door to other conversations. Who do you work for? What do you do? I wish I'd have learned that skill way earlier in my career because, man, it would have opened up so many more doors for me. You know, client-wise, employer-wise, who knows the number of potential lifetime friends that I could have made going to these trade shows 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Because Chuck was too stupid shy. I really wish I'd learned that early, early on. And last thing, you know, I'm sorry, I hate to ramble here. Learn how to encourage the next generation, right? And what I mean by that is it's easy for me to encourage the next generation because most people in my industry are younger than me. That's easy. But you know what? If you're a technician in the field with five years of experience, there's somebody with two years of experience. There's somebody with one year experience. Find ways to teach them. Find ways to show them how to do things. A, you're going to build a friend for life. B, 
One of the things I learned about mentoring is when you mentor somebody, when you teach somebody, it reinforces those skill sets within you. It makes you a better person. So those are the things I really wish I'd, I'd have known. Also, can I just say the pun on the importance of networking did not go unnoticed. <laughs> there you go. Good. Honestly, I love your passion for helping people in the industry, helping the next generation get better. It's so easy. You can just think of it as a job. You do your tasks. You go home at five o'clock. You kick the ladder away. You don't help anyone else. But you, you genuinely seem to care. So what skill sets and attributes, character traits would people need to succeed in cabling? What I suggest is two things, three things. You know, my boss accused me of being a chatty Cathy one time. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, exactly. First off, adaptability, right? I mentioned earlier, our industry is always changing, always changing. So you got to learn. The way that I learned how to pull cable 40 years ago is not necessarily relevant in today's environment. So you got to learn how the new, the new products coming out, the new codes, the new standards, the new installation practices. You know, many, many years ago, we used to support our cable with tie wraps. Then we went to Velcro and, and, and for lots of different reasons. And so learn to be adaptable because if you get stuck in, well, that's the way we've always done it, you're not going to grow in your career. Another important facet is to have or develop excellent problem-solving skills. Because when you're out there pulling cables, you know, you might pull a cable, all of a sudden it might just kind of stop pulling on you. Well, you don't pull harder. You go find out why, why it's you know, why it's jamming up. Is it the box messed up or did it catch on something in the ceiling? Going into the project management, if you're not, make, if you're not making your material budget, your labor budgets, you're, you have to have good problem solving skills to think how to fix that. And you know what? It might be something that you need outside of the box. And that's where the diversity comes into play. Because if you, if you talk to other people who have the same point of view as you, you're probably going to get the same answer. I did a project in Mexico. Uh, I went down there as I was working as an estimator for a large communications firm. So we went to Mexico to wire up a, a call center. So we're sitting in this room with the general contractor, the electricians, all the other trades, and we're talking about how to get this set of cables to this one part of the building, right? And it was an old shopping center that they were converting into a call center. And so we here we have you know me, my boss, and our guy was running with us, easily over 100 years of experience in the cabling industry. And all these other trades. And we're sitting there trying to figure out this way. And then this guy who just happened to be in the room doing something else. And he goes, well, why don't you do blah, 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 blah. And we all kind of looked at him and we're looking like, why didn't we think of that? <laughs> right? So sometimes you need somebody outside of your, you know, to think outside looking in to fix that. And then finally, the last thing, make a commitment to excellence. Always do your best. Even if you feel like, oh my God, my boss isn't paying me what I'm worth. This job sucks. You know what? Your work is a statement of you. That's your physical resume. Always do the right thing. You know, integrity is defined as doing the right thing when nobody's watching. Everybody can do the right thing when somebody's watching, but when nobody's watching, you know what? Put those jokes in no more than five feet apart. Don't use those tires. Don't over cinch them because it's a direct reflection on you. And, if, and a lot of people in history get this short sightedness and they're like, well, yeah, once I put this cable plan in, nobody will ever see it again. Wrong. Wrong, wrong. People, people always add cables, and and I've gone on many jobs where I walked in, I was like, "What was this technician thinking?" And if it was one, if I knew that it was one of my crews that did it, that's a direct reflection on that person. So always commit to excellence, going above and beyond, doing the right thing, even if nobody's watching. That's such a fantastic outlook. I completely agree. 
just that wanting to do a good job, not for anyone else, just for your own sense of self-worth and accomplishment and taking pride in your craft. I get it. Uh, just to round off, this is fairly well-covered ground, actually, but just in case you've got any more little tidbits, because you are a gold mine of, of little, little gems. Uh, piece of advice. It says one piece of advice here on this piece of paper in front of me, but um, <laughs> I don't want to limit you. So as many pieces of advice that you'd like to give to people starting out. So number one, seek opportunities to be mentor or be mentored, right? So brand starting new, find someone to help mentor you. Let's say, for example, I'm, I'm in the field and I want to become a an estimator to estimate projects. So I'm, I'm tired of pulling cable. I'm tired of getting dirty. I'm tired of climbing ladders. I want to become an estimator. So I, what I would do is I would go to the, the estimator for the company and say, hey, look, I want to learn how to start estimating. Can you be a mentor to me? And and they'll probably most likely will say yes, right? They'll most likely be say yes to do that. So absolutely find those ways to to, to mentor people, be mentored. And then the next thing is, and I wish I'd learned this lesson way earlier in my life. I still, I, this is one of my biggest regrets in my life. Find a balance for work and and your personal life. In in the low voltage industry, we tend to work lots of overtime. We get the sent to go out of town on projects. And I was so hyper-focused on satisfying the customer, getting the project done within the schedule. To be honest, I must, I might not have been the best parent. I wasn't there. And there's a lot of lot of regret there in my life. I wish I had taken more time to have a healthy work balance relationship and, and spend more time with my kids. I, I, that's my biggest, biggest regret. Are you better now? My kids are all grown, so they have lives of their own. You, you know, there's there's a song. It's a song written by a dad who's raising a child, and the child wants to interact with him, uh, but he's, I'm too busy right now. I'm too busy right now. And then the kid grows up, and then the guy kind of retires. He wants to spend time with the kid, and then he says, hey, son, come spend time with me. And, and the kid says, dad, I can't right now. Maybe later on. And so it's just kind of full circle. I wish I could remember the name of that song off the top of my head, though. Oh, it's a great song. It sounds heartbreaking. <laughs> it is a heartbreaking song. And I tell you what, it touches my heart. It really does. That's Like I said, that's my biggest regret. I really wish I'd have gone to more soccer games, more skateboarding contests, and done less cabling sometimes. I really do. Wow. I mean, Chuck, can I be really honest with you here? When I first heard you were coming on, and you had a podcast called Let's Talk Cabling, I thought... Oh. It's gonna be a bit dry in it, but this has been this has been incredible. I feel uplifted, inspired, educated. It's been an emotional roller coaster. Thank you so much. I feel like I want to be your best friend now. You know what? I'll put you on the list. Get it. You're on the list of one of my best friends now. <laughs> Thank you so much. What an honor. All right, before you go, give yourself a plug. Where can we find you? The easiest way to find me is just to go to the old Google machine, type in let's talk cabling, or you can do hashtag C-B-R-C-D-D. I'll be the whole entire first page. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, all over the place. If you can't find me, you ain't looking hard enough. Chuck Bowser the third, R-C-D-D Tech. Thank you so much. My pleasure. You've been listening to I Could Do That, a podcast produced by the IET and Silver Fox. Silver Fox proudly support engineers around the world with their cable, wire, and pipe labeling requirements. The Fox in a Box thermal printer can print a whole range of thermal labels with one software, one printer, and one ribbon, saving loads of time for engineers in the field. For more information, please visit silverfox.co.uk.